Welcome. It's so good to be with you on this Wednesday as we get together for a little midweek Bible study and devotional time. And I'm so glad that you've chosen to join us today to do just that. Well, we are continuing in our series where we're looking at Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And today we come to Jesus's words at the end of Matthew chapter 5 and verses 43 through 48. And we'll get there in just a second. But I told this story on Sunday and um, I, I like the the gist of it, and so I'm going to tell it again to you uh, th- this evening or whenever it is that you're watching this. But back in the late 1950s, a guy by the name of Dr. Normal Pittenger published a critique of C.S. Lewis, and I'm sure uh, many of you are familiar with the famous Christian writer C.S. Lewis. But among uh, Dr. Pittenger's criticisms was the accusation that Lewis didn't care much for the Sermon on the Mount. And Lewis responded to the accusation by saying this. He said, as to caring for the Sermon on the Mount, if caring for here means liking or enjoying, I suppose no one cares for it. Who can like being knocked flat on their face by a sledgehammer? I can hardly imagine a more deadly spiritual condition than that of a person who can read that passage with tranquil pleasure. And when it comes to being knocked upside the head with a sledgehammer, I think last week's words and this week's words, these week's teachings uh, from Jesus would qualify. Last week, of course, we looked at Jesus's words in Matthew chapter uh, 5, verses 38 through 42, when he talks about how we respond to those who do us wrong and kind of flows into this week's teaching on uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48 concerning the subject of loving our enemies. And certainly, tranquil pleasure, I don't know about you, but at least for me, tranquil pleasure is not something that I would associate with those two subjects. But the reality is that liking or caring for Jesus' teaching is not a prerequisite for obeying it and living it out. And so let's listen to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. He says this, You've heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. I want to stop right there just to clarify for a second. Uh, When he says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, uh, just to be clear, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible does say love your enemy, uh, and somehow they had morphed that into love your enemy and it's okay to hate your, or love your neighbor and it's okay to hate your enemy. But Jesus comes along and he says, I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. He continues, he causes his son, or, uh, God, he, God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? But be perfect, therefore as your heavenly father is perfect. You know, many people remember the bombing of Pearl Harbor during World War II. Um, Very few people, or fewer people at least, remember the bombings of Brookings, Oregon that occurred in September of that same year. Uh, A Japanese submarine traveled to the U.S. coastline carrying a small plane with folded wings, and once there, the crew used a catapult to launch pilot Nobuo Fujita in the reassembled plane to drop two incendiary bombs on a wooded area near Brookings, and his attempt to start a forest fire failed due to 
rainy weather and quick actions by first responders. Uh, but Fujita ended up repeating that mission two weeks later, dropping two more bombs. Uh, and fortunately for that area, obtained the same results. It, it didn't work. Uh, after the war, though, Fujita was remorseful over his attack against this Oregon town, and he actually returned to Brookings in 1962 bearing the gift of a 400-year-old samurai sword that had been in his family for generations. Fujita later admitted that he fully expected to be physically assaulted when people learned who he was, but instead of attacking Fujita, the townspeople of Brookings received him warmly, raised money even to pay for his trip, and presented him, above all, with a key to the city. And in return for the kindness that was shown to him, Fujita actually donated $1,000 of his own money to the town library to buy books about Japan so they could learn more about his culture. And he also paid for several citizens of the Brookings area to visit Japan, to go on a trip to Japan. And in 1997, Nobuo Fujita was made an honorary citizen of Brookings, Oregon. You know, Fujita could have lived his entire life without ever seeking to make amends. He could have justified his actions as a natural part of the war that he was a part of. He could have continued viewing all U.S. citizens as his hated and sworn enemies. And the people of Brookings could have sought revenge on their former attacker. They could have rejected his repentance and allowed hate and resentment to fuel their actions toward him. But instead, both Fujita and the people of Brookings experienced the power of forgiveness. And their lives were enriched because they were willing to show love to their enemies. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verses 19 and 20, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, which, by the way, is not a negative thing. It's meant to um, bring about, it's a, basically an idiom saying it'll hopefully bring about repentance. It'll bring about a change of heart. Because as kingdom followers, Paul goes on to say, we do not overcome, or he says, do not overcome, be overcome, sorry, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And while it's not easy, and I certainly understand that every situation is different, the reality is that the best way to get rid of an enemy is to forgive them and make them into a friend. Holding a grudge does no one any good. Jesus taught us to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us, and to return evil with good. And doing that will make us into better people and make the world into a better place. Hope you have a blessed day. God bless.